From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham. Welcome to Career Talk, your career insider. We are on Business Radio, and we are powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM, Channel 111. Hey, you can call us right now at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. If it's Thursday noon Eastern time, we are taking your calls right now and all hour long. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, the Career Director for the Wharton MBA for Executives program right here in Philadelphia. Also a licensed psychologist and former corporate recruiter. And we have Dream Team in studio, Dion and Michelle. And today's show, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the changes in hiring practices. So technology has exploded in the last decade, changing the way we do just about everything, including hiring. But I'm wondering if some of those new hiring practices which incorporate technology and are meant to be more efficient and helpful, are actually getting in the way and negatively impacting the candidate experience. And in fact, today I want to talk about a couple that I'm not really jazzed about, but are out there in the workplace and you need to understand how to handle them. But we want to talk also about how to potentially bypass them so you can get to the decision makers and maybe not have to be negatively impacted in this hiring process and to help with that topic. Today we welcome back Suzanne Lucas, aka the evil HR lady. Suzanne spent 10 years in corporate human resources where she hired, fired, and managed the numbers and double-checked with the lawyers and her clients include Inc.com, CBS Money Watch, and Business.com. We're very excited to have you back on the show, Suzanne. I am so happy to be here. Well, welcome. So today, I, and I know when I emailed you, I'm like, I have to preface this with these are some some hiring practices I'm resisting as a coach because they just kind of rub me the wrong way but I think they might be here to stay or at least they're here for a little while and I think our candidates who are out there looking for a job are going to be impacted by them so I thought we'd talk about some of those today prefacing with the fact that there are no hiring practices out there that are perfect or bias free because where they're humans there is bias. So, I mean, unless you know of one, Suzanne, is there anything out there in the hiring world that's bias-free? Uh, no. Okay. Now we got that right from uh, right from the HR source. So, yeah, and the other thing is people think, well, you know, applicant tracking systems and these things are have a lot, um, you know, more objectivity, but they're programmed by humans. So when they're programmed by humans, I think inherently they incorporate some of the biases that we have as humans. So, hey, so today we're talking all about new technology and hiring practices. So we're going to be talking about interviews by text. We're going to talk about one-way video interviews. We're going to talk about applicant tracking systems. If you've been impacted by any of these or maybe use these to hire candidates, we'd love to hear from you at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. So the first thing I want to talk about, Suzanne, is um, like hiring by text. So one of the, the... I've pulled some research on this, and I, I don't know how true these stats are because they seem really high, but hey, they might be true. I The stats said 97% of people with an iPhone text at least once a day. Does that sound, does that sound right to you? I would think so based on the amount I text, so... <laughs> but I don't have any numbers to match it, but I would think if you have an iPhone, you're using it to communicate via text. All right. So people are texting. So one of the things that is is kind of up and coming now is interviewing by text. So I'm not talking about setting up an interview. I'm talking about literally having the interview via text. Have you come across this, Suzanne? I have not, but it sounds pretty terrifying because with the autocorrect mistakes my phone makes, (laughs) imagine imagine what... uh, what might show up on the other end. Oh, see, I want to dig more into that. What are you texting? What are you texting, <laughs> Well, I am a good little girl, but my problem is um, I text in two languages, and so my, uh, you know, custom dictionary on my phone is whacked out. So, 
So we don't know. Yeah, we don't know what what language you're using or or what's going on there. But there's also emojis. There's all these things. So I want to talk about kind of the etiquette of texting um, in an interview. So if you're texting in an interview, literally there's software out there where a company can be having multiple interviews at once because they're they're pre-programming these questions and sending them out to all of these candidates. And candidates are getting back at their own pace. Um, So that's one of the benefits that the, the companies who are creating this software software are putting out there that, hey, as a candidate, you can actually be thoughtful in your answer. So versus being in person where you're kind of on the spot, you have a little bit of breathing time before you can text back. I mean, I think that that's kind of valid that you do. I I think it's kind of valid. But um, one thing that drives me nuts about texting is it's really difficult to correct mistakes unless you notice them right off. And my teenage daughter find typing on a regular keyboard much more difficult than than texting. But for me, trying to come up with a thoughtful answer via text would be far more complicated than answering an email. So I'm not really sure where I'm going with this other than it would annoy me, but it wouldn't annoy my teenage daughter. So is that going to lead you towards more age discrimination? Well, I'm old. Yeah, no, no, I'm old too. And, um, but that's why I wanted to bring this up on the show today because I realized that this could be very generally, uh, generationally driven in that, you know, there might be people out there listening who say, Oh my gosh, I wish my last interview was via text. And, and how do yeah. I get on this? How can I get somebody to interview me via text? And that's what I wanted to, to bring this up for because I want listeners to call in and say, No, no, you, have, you don't understand. This is why it's so great. And this is why it's helped me. So please, if you have, um, very various opinions on this, we want to hear from you, 844-WARDEN, 844-942-7866. And also, you're right. I mean, generationally, um, this would be something that I'd be very uncomfortable with, but you're kind of driving down a point, which is, I think it's harder to answer a question via text because you have to be, I would guess, so succinct. And and sometimes that's much harder than just speaking an answer. Maybe that's why recruiters are liking this, because you have yeah. to be brief. That you have to be brief. And, again, I think it's going to expect a level of perfection that we don't expect in a spoken conversation, you know? So, yeah, so they might be more... Um, critical. The other thing that they they tout as a benefit for companies is that you have a record of this. So unlike an interview where you're just speaking, you have this record, it's documented. And so for legal reasons, it might be more helpful to have that say if you turn down a candidate. What do you think of the viability of that argument, Suzanne? Well, I think going back to the idea that there's not a hiring practice that doesn't involve bias, we're all biased one way or the other. Um, We can try not to be, and if you're aware of it, you can be better than if you're not. But there's going to be biases going into this. And when you have a written record of absolutely every communication, that can also open you up to lawsuits as well. And especially in a situation, I would think, where text, which is going to be very generational, um, younger people are going to be far more comfortable with it than older people. And so you say, well, I'm going to reject this candidate because look at this sloppy thing and this autocorrect and um, this, that, and the other. Well, there's going to be an age bias coming into that, that because it's so difficult to correct your text um, compared to compared to uh, typing an email on a keyboard, um, you're going to see some of that. And do you want to open your company up to that? Because if you have recorded, it's available for a lawsuit. For both sides. So, yeah. So, so if, if the candidate wants to bring it into the, the conversation, they can bring that in as well. And I do think there's different types of bias. And we're prefacing this with bias is, is strewn all over the hiring process. But, I mean, the, this the type of bias, like you mentioned, might be generational. It might be how fast did they text me back? I texted them on a Saturday. They waited till Monday. Or I texted them at midnight and they, they didn't get back to me for two days. There's that. Then there's emojis, which, you know, I, I still don't understand 90% of the emojis out there. So, I mean, if people are putting these in there trying to communicate further than the words, I mean, these can be misinterpreted. So I think there's a lot of bias inherent in this process as well. It's just a different type of bias, perhaps. Hey, you're listening to Career Talk Series XM Channel 111. We are talking with Suzanne Lucas, 
a.k.a. the Evil HR Lady, and we're talking about new hiring practices that have been impacted by technology, and specifically right now we're talking by about interviewing via text. If you've experienced this, or maybe your company does it, or maybe you're thinking about it or have an opinion, we'd love to hear from you, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. John Graham, and I think this is, you know, this is something that's out there, and this is something that you may come across, so it's important to know how to do it, what the etiquette is. And so I've been reading some etiquette on it, Suzanne, and, you know, there there is something to be said about getting back quickly, and I think that's one of the, the um the things about text is that you're probably going to expect a quicker response than perhaps an email. Um, there's text or excuse me, there's etiquette about emojis and, and, you know, which emojis are good. And do you use emojis? Do you not use emojis? And I find conflicting information on that. So I'm not really sure what the right answer is if you're you're interviewing via text. So there's a lot of things to consider when you're doing this. Another benefit that, that companies doing this tout is that it's faster to fill because interviews are easier to schedule. And I'm curious about your thoughts about that, Suzanne. Well, I mean, people do respond more quickly to text than anything else in my experience. Um, Nobody answers their phone anymore. So that is true. Nobody answers their phone. And we've said on a previous show, nobody listens to voicemail. So just stop leaving them. Just stop. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I keep wanting to change my voicemail to say, can you please hang up and text me? But I. Well, it's funny you say that because I've I've experienced a couple of things. One, people either disabling their voicemail. They just disable that feature. Or two, they, they let it fill up and they don't delete. So you can't leave a voicemail. And I think people are doing this in protest of voicemails. I mean, of course, there's software out there where you can get them, um, you know, translated into text and stuff like that. But I mean, I think people are just saying, hey, voicemails, no more. It's gone the way of the fax machine. So <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, yeah, but. you're listening to Career Talk Series XM Channel 111. We're talking about new ways that people are going through the hiring process, interviewing via text, vi- one-way videos. Um, of course, applicant tracking systems have been out there forever, but they're getting more sophisticated. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're here with Suzanne Lucas, and we're going to go to Deborah in California. Deborah, welcome to the show. What's on your mind today? Okay. The problem is, I see, is uh, how do you know if you have the right the candidate on the line because they could get somebody that's more savvy and have them do their own their texting not only that when you're interviewing somebody you want to see body language you want to see how they interact this is this is all I'm talking about. Yeah, I well, I'm I'm agreeing with you, and of course, I'm like of the generation where I much prefer face to face. But I'm gonna I'm just getting challenges because I, I love that you have a strong opinion on this. Um, I agree. How do you know you're texting with the right person? Of course, you don't. What about Deborah? If I said to you, okay, we're gonna use this as the like initial phone screen, but then you still have to come in and and do a standard face to face interview. Would you feel better about it if if that's the process? Say that again. I'm sorry. I'm on my. Um, you're on your Bluetooth. You're on your Bluetooth. <laughs> you're engaging technology and you're driving. So, yeah. So I'm curious if this is just a first interview. Like this is replacing the phone screen, but you still have to do the face to face. Would that make you feel any differently about interviewing via text, Deborah? Well, see, then, then you've got the uh, the thing of having to do two or three interviews, and I just like face-to-face. I do not like calling up and getting an automated phone. I do not like all that stuff. I like face-to-face right off the bat. I like that, too. I'm with you. You could could iPhone somebody, I'm sure, you know, uh, and and all, but to me, no. I I need the face-to-face. So thank you so much, Deborah. I, I agree with you. I'm um, I'm I'm I don't like getting an automated system either, Suzanne. So I think that's a really interesting point that Deborah brought up is that we want more we want more human interaction, even when we call our cable company, or when we call our bank. But yet we're moving to texting for interviews. Deborah, thank you so much for calling. Hey, be safe out there while you're driving. 844-WHARTON-844-942-7866. We're here with Suzanne Lucas, aka the Evil HR Lady, talking about some new ways 
to get hired. And we're talking specifically right now, text interviewing. So I would argue with the, you know, it's quicker to hire with the fact that, is that really the point? Do I want to hire quickly? Well, yes, that's one factor, but I would say I also want to hire quality. And to Deborah's point, if if somebody else is on the other end of the line and you come in and you, you can't hold a conversation, maybe I've just wasted my my time through doing this text. But then, of course, the companies say, well, you can be interviewing literally hundreds of people at the same time via text, which blows my mind because I would think you get lost in the shuffle then or there's a lot of opportunity for confusion about who said what or how, you know, did this person answer and was that mixed with that person's answer? And I'm just skimming it and scanning it. So I'm making assumptions along the way. I mean, what are your thoughts about that, Suzanne? Well, there's a couple things. Um, One is that if you're interviewing hundreds of people, you're not interviewing. What you're doing is sending them forms to fill out. So that's a very different thing because an interview is supposed to be a back and forth process. And there's no back and forth if you're just giving a list of questions to 100 different candidates at once. And the format you do it, whether it's handwritten or text or sending smoke signals, it's still not an interview. (laughs) Um, But the other thing, and I'm going to kind of jump backwards to something that Deborah said about face-to-face. and not knowing who's on the end of the text. And that's, that's true. You, you don't know that. You don't know who's on the end of the phone either if you call. Um, but when we're talking about bias, one of the groups that faces a lot of bias in hiring are people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if you're talking about body language and stuff, somebody that's autistic may not have the same body signals and social signals that that someone who is neurotypical has. And so for them, having an interview that is via text may be a distinct advantage to having one that is face-to-face. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. And there's, there's also some new technology that companies are using, Suzanne, um, to reduce bias where it's uh, your gender is masked. So they don't know, are you male, female? And you know, so there's all of these kind of masking techniques. And I agree, there's, there's some cases where this could actually be a huge advantage. What happens when you get to the face-to-face interview, though? Yeah, well, that's the question about everything, isn't it? I mean, there's, there's no real way to make the hiring process absolutely fair. Um, because you're always going to have somebody that you just click with the hiring manager, or even if you never meet the people and it's all via text or bot or whatever, or just here's a test, you take it, and if you pass it, you get the job. That's never going to be perfect, ever. And so I don't know how much we should time we should spend trying to make it perfect, Um, we should try to make it pretty good, but I don't know that we can ever reach perfection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's, that's well said. And I think all of these practices, again, this is not the way I hired when I was a recruiter. It's probably not the way you hired when you were a recruiter, (laughs) but I think they all have, they all have positives and they all have bias. Like we talked about, there's really nothing that's going to be bias free. And I like the idea of text for setting up perhaps an interview. I think that's a quicker way to do it, perhaps. Um, I like the idea of, I, you You pointed out something that I think is is very interesting to me, which is that when you're interviewing via text, it's, it's really the equivalent of filling out a form. So maybe something that was you know previously said, done via email that said, hey, can you please answer these five questions before we proceed? I feel like that's very similar to what this text is doing. So maybe it's not so different from practices that were done before. It's just a different vehicle of doing it. And, um, you know, as a first step in the interview, hey, you're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 111. We're taking your calls right now, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. And we're talking with Suzanne Lucas, a.k.a. the Evil HR Lady. We've been talking about interviewing via text and some of the, the positives and negatives that surround that. And we're also being very fair that there really is no hiring practice, whether it's face-to-face, whether there's technology involved, that does not include some kind of bias. So um, I want to I want to kind of move off interviewing via text um, and go to this idea of one-way video interviewing. 
So one-way yeah. video interviewing is becoming very popular. I would say even more popular than interviewing via text. And what this is is that, again, a software is involved. A company will send a link to you, and you'll do a what they call one-way video interview where the, the machine, the computer, whatever, will ask you a question, and you might have three minutes to answer it. It's recorded, and you know these answers are sent back to a hiring team or the, the HR people, and they review those and decide if they want to go to the next step. So what are your thoughts on these, Suzanne? Well, you know, I used to be like all in favor of them because how cool is that? But I think that people come across in um, video interviews very differently than they come across in, in real life. Or maybe that's just my wishful thinking when I see myself on video that I think I look better in, in public, but uh, in person. But um, again, it's not an interview. If there's not another human there, you're not really interviewing. And, and I think part of this gets back to this idea of we as the business or the recruiter or the hiring manager, we just get to pick candidates off the shelf. So we say, what, you know, what ingredients do we want? You have those. Okay, I'll take you. But that's not how it should work. It should be more like a dating relationship where you go back and forth and decide if you'll work for each other. And I really think it, it says to the candidate, your time isn't important to us. Our time is super important. We're not going to take anybody off what they're doing to talk with you, but you can spend an hour doing these videos. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and in all fairness, you brought up dating. Like, I really think this is kind of the way dating has gone as well. I mean, remember, you remember the 80s and all those dating videos. I mean, that's not very different than what what all of these processes, I mean, the start of a relationship, the start of the hiring process, the start of a lot of things now is coming down to this, hey, you invest your time and then we'll see, you know, whether it's answering questions via text, whether it's doing this one-way video where I'm going to send you a link and some computer or robot's going to ask you questions that are going to be recorded and sent to God knows where, by the way. That would be my biggest concern is where are these questions going and are they going to show up on YouTube somewhere? Exactly. Uh-huh, look. Look at Suzanne answering those questions. Ah. Uh-huh. She's got spinach in her teeth. You know? <laughs> 844 844-942-7866. Alicia in Arizona, welcome to the show. What's on your mind today? Hi. Um, I actually, it's funny because I was going to ask about the video interview. Um, I interviewed for a job last year and I was asked to do a a video interview and I did I just wanted to be compliant and do what I needed to do to get that job once I guess I was hired I you know I my manager asked me to sit down with her to to watch the videos of people that were coming into the team and they were requesting an interview so they had applied and everything we were the videos and my manager was saying Oh no, I don't like this person. Look at her; she's old and she's fat. And oh man, oh my gosh, what is that? And her face. Oh no, oh. let's skip. Let's go to the next one. And then the next. Well then, was an older. Right, it was an older man, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, this is going to be the typical guy that knows everything." Look at him. Okay, so clearly clearly, this process was very biased in this company. Are you still working for this company? No. Oh, well, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm glad about that, Alicia. <laughs> um, so you had to – but you, I want to kind of pull out something you said, which is really important, um, which is if you want – to to join the game you got to play ball so that's kind of where where the conundrum comes in because if a company's hiring process is the video interview or a company's hiring process is interview via text or an application tracking system or you have to do these 10 personality assessments before we'll even look at you then if you really want to be in that company I guess um, my question to you Suzanne is is do you have a choice depends if you could network your way around it you do um but if you can't you don't and that's really going to come down to your level you know if if you're interviewing to be the um, ceo of pepsico you're not going to have to go through this (laughs) 
you know, you're going to be like, no, I am too far above that. But if you're interviewing to be an entry level factory worker, you don't have an option. Um, because even if you can network your way around and get to the hiring manager, the hiring manager doesn't have the power to say no to HR. And so you'll still have to go through that. So it really is going to depend on who you are and what level you are and how much the company is interested in you. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I feel like that's a that's an interesting balance because here's the thing. You, you can't turn down. You can't just say, here's how I would like to be hired and these are the steps I'd like to go through. So you kind of <laughs> need to find the balance between that. So, yeah, you may need to fill out the application online. And there's ways around that. You can you can fill out the application online, which is probably pretty standard because I know companies use it for stats and data and to make the hiring process um, uniform and things like that, but you can skip the salary question. You can put in zero, or you can you can put in a number that that doesn't you know really make a lot of sense, so that you you don't get just kind of whipped out because of that. So there's things you can do, but I agree with you, Suzanne, that networking can say a lot in terms of of getting some control and getting some options around the hiring process. Because if you get referred in by a candidate, or excuse me, an employee who is well regarded in the company then you're going to have a little bit more flexibility than if you're just randomly knocking on the door without any any kind of referral. 844-WARDEN, 844-942-7866. So, Alicia, um, did, you, did you have a specific question about video interviews? Um, no, it was just, you know, it was just throwing it out there. Just putting it out there. I think you've basically, you know, like, anybody... possibility. Yeah, anybody who is who's up for a video interview now is probably rethinking it because of, of what you've talked to us about what goes on behind the scenes. And of course, I don't think that goes on in every company, but it is an interesting experience that you've had and you've had it firsthand. So I appreciate you calling in to share it here on Career Talk. Hey, you're listening to Sirius XM Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're here with Suzanne Lucas, aka the evil HR lady, talking about different strategies that are coming out in the workplace for hiring and how you can handle them and maybe in some ways how you can get around them. But I think the important message here, Suzanne, is that really think about it. Really think about if this is, you you mentioned it a few minutes ago about what does this say about how the company views candidates' time versus their time? And what does this say about maybe the company culture as a whole, if they're going to ask you to go through 10 assessments before you can even speak to somebody and invest hours and you may not even get to talk to somebody, what is that really saying about the company? So something to think about. Yeah, it really is because if you have to go through all these assessments and they're super popular and you know we want you to do this or that and the other, and you may do all of that and get to finally talk with a human and find out that it's not really a position you're interested in. And you've just wasted all of this time for a job that you don't even want. And that's something that a lot of, um, you know, recruiting processes, I'm not going to say recruiters themselves, um, but the processes that they have to go through don't take into consideration. They assume that everybody that applies wants this job. Whereas the reality is everybody that applies is interested in learning more about this job and maybe they'll be interested in taking it. Mm -hmm. And especially now that the economy is doing better and unemployment rates are are quite low, um, you're going to have candidates with more power and more choice. So you're going to, the, you know, the more tedious you get in your hiring, the more likely you are to lose great candidates because they have options. Yeah, and I, I would I would argue that I don't know that that these are great time savers either again because if you hire the wrong people or if the people you're hiring are not a great match then you're going to have to go through this process again and watching videos if you do one-way video interviews I mean you have to sit there and watch the videos so you're still investing that time maybe more time because you're you're you get more candidates to be able to come in but also you have to think about it I think back to my days in psychology research I mean self-selection bias which is what candidates are going to to engage in 10 hours of assessments or two hours of video bios or all of these things, what type of candidates are going to do that? Are they the best candidates? I don't know. There's not research on that. But to your argument, and I think you were kind of leaning this way, is that there are going to be candidates who are in high demand who are just going to say, you know what? Nope. 
this is this is not worth my time. Hey, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. If you've got an opinion on these new hiring processes, interviewing by text, one-way video, the applicant tracking systems, or maybe you're using them and finding great success or have um, an idea about how we can make them better, we'd love to hear from you on Career Talk 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're here with Suzanne Lucas, a.k.a. the Evil HR Lady. And when we come back, I want to talk about how to empower candidates, Susan. I want to talk about how to empower people who are finding themselves sort of fighting against some of these new systems and you know how they can get the job and you know of course you can't do it 100% on your terms but I think there's a nice meet in the middle place hey but right now we're gonna go to our pre-break quiz quiz there's a quiz okay a professor of microbiology and pathology at NYU suggests that you wash this before using. His research showed that this typically contains novovirus bacteria, including strep and staph and even fecal germs. You should wash this before using. Think you know, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 111. We'll be right back. You're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Brand. And welcome back to Career Talk, your career insider. We're on Sirius XM Channel 111. And we are powered by the Wharton School. Here with the Dream Team, Michelle and Dion, taking your calls right now at 844-WHARTON-844-942-7866. We're talking about some of the new ways that people are getting hired. So interviewing by text. We're talking about one-way video interviews, um, applicant tracking systems, and some of the things that, that are created to maybe reduce bias or make it quicker and more efficient to hire people. But obviously they come with, with some of their own inherent biases and um you know, may not create the best candidate experience. We're here with Suzanne Lucas, a.k.a. the evil HR lady. And we're taking your calls at 844-942-7866. So before the break, Suzanne, we were talking about um, kind of the, the drawbacks of interviewing via text. And there's also a couple of benefits that we talked about as well. And then we we're talking about one-way video interviews. And I think our caller, Alicia, has turned everybody off to one-way video interviews. Um so I want to I want to spend a little bit of time talking about how to empower the candidate. But before we do that, let's go to our pre-break quiz. So, hey, a professor of microbiology and pathology at NYU suggests you should watch this before using because it may contain novovirus bacteria, including strep and staph and even fecal germs. And we're going to go to Danielle in Pennsylvania. Danielle, what's what's your quiz answer? I think it's cell phones just because of how, like, gross. I mean, you bring those in the bathroom with you all the time and, like, put them on the floor. Who knows? So if you're buying a used cell phone, yes, for sure. (laughs) Oh, but it's not cell phones? It's not cell phones. But I think you're right that, hey, if you own a cell phone, though, you should be, like, daily daily doing some kind of hand sanitizer thing because I think you're right I think we don't realize (laughs) how incredibly gross our cell phones are and you know what else those uh you know the shopping carts in grocery stores man those are another very very gross place so this is true Hey, Danielle, thanks for calling in. 844-844-942-7866. And we are going to Dion. What is your quiz answer? What must you wash before using because it contains novovirus bacteria like strep and staph and even fecal germs? Okay, see, my first thought was everything. But I know that's (laughs) not the answer. Just wash it down. Wash it down. And I don't know how my answer works as far as washing it, but I'm going to say chairs. Ooh. Yeah. Like, what kind of chairs? Any, All of them. All of them. It, it's especially, like, uh, cushion chairs like the one I'm sitting in right like, now. Like, so, like, because yeah. people sit in them, that's your thought? But, yeah, and she said the whole fecal, fecal matter. That's where you're mine. Okay. <laughs> butts. The butts are in the chairs. There's always toilet stuff. There's toilet stuff. Um, and you're assuming people aren't wearing pants. 
Well, <laughs> only only if only if, if you're going on an interview is when you wear pants. Is when you wear pants. You only so. wear pants to an interview. Any everything else is optional. Yeah, I love your logic. <laughs> I don't I don't get it, but I love it. I love it. <laughs> Wait a second. Yeah, I I, I yeah. I don't even know what noise to to oh. make for that. So, okay, you should watch this before using Michelle. Okay, my guess is gonna sound a little offbeat, but I have a reason for why I'm saying this. Oh yeah, no, Dion always has a reason. <laughs> That's true. Dion always has, he never just has a guess without a reason. It's so. very true. Um, so I'm gonna say bath towels. Oh, okay. Because I had a friend who told me when she was a little kid. And I've never not washed a bath towel after buying it, specifically because of this story. Most people probably would anyway, because people are touching them. But when she was a little kid, her mom made her upset in a store once, which happens all the time, and she threw a tantrum. And she had something called infantigo, which was like something, some kind of skin infection. Infantigo, yes. Very, very common. (laughs) And she purposely went and wiped it all over all of the bath towels because she just was angry and she just wanted to do that. Michelle, you have some weird friends. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what to say about that. So you never know what little kid is wiping their little infantigo all over (laughs) the towels. Well, you know, and I think think kids probably do spread a lot of germs and touch a lot of things yes. without knowing but the fact that you're you're how old was your friend well she was a ba- like a kid a tiny little kid when this happened yeah the fact that there's like a three-year-old out there viciously trying to spread impetigo to the rest of the exactly. world is a little bit frightening not because of the towels and the germs but for bigger reasons yes i mean because you only get worse from there it's true like, what else can i she's what a else? very nice lady in the how end how can i destroy the world <laughs> <laughs> Today, bath towels. Tomorrow, the world. <laughs> That's my guess. Okay, no. <laughs> Suzanne. Suzanne, do you know what? Do you know what you should wash before using so you don't get strep well, or impetigo? Well, I was gonna get cell phones, but that was wrong. So I don't know. How come? How come no one's like guessing? Bed like sheets. Like fruit or something oh that's not the answer but i just figured everybody would be guessing like fr- i was even gonna go so far as well, say, that's the easy one it well, seemed too obvious yeah, it's, that's, not, that's not the answer actually but i was waiting for somebody to guess that that's why i thought bath towels was a definite shoe no in. you're you're sort of close michelle though but um it's basically new clothes uh be- oh. because they could be tried on by dozens of people in one month and research shows that most have strep staph and fecal matter on them obviously they're also chemically treated but what i love about this scientist is is the way he said it he's like wearing that new outfit will come soon enough and it'll look better without a rash as an accessory i'm like he's well, got a point. well yeah he's got a point <laughs> but the problem is that the clothes look the best on you before they're washed i know i know because sometimes they shrink i don't know okay so dion do you wash your clothes before you wear them Sometimes, but now I will every time. Now you will. Well, <laughs> now you will. Question. Yeah. Why does it matter if I wash it before I wear it if I didn't wash it before I tried it on in the store? Boom. Oh. Suzanne. Oh. That's why you're here. <laughs> yeah. So, Thank no, the, actually, you. the article did address that and says if you go out shopping, you really should, like, literally go home and shower. Like, like it Ew. was, it was, it was a pretty graphic. Yeah, I'm completely <laughs> creeped out now. Graphic. I'm never buying new clothes again, um, <laughs> or or towels for that matter. God, <laughs> not not unless I have some like antiviral in my pocket or something. So hey, you know, PSA on Career Talk: Wash your clothes before you wear them. Eight four four Wharton eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. So we're talking all about the technology that has has come onto the market that is impacting the hiring processes. So things like text via interview or oops flip that interview via text and one-way video bios applicant tracking systems and other things that are supposed to make our lives easier but may not increase the the candidate experience so i want to talk about some ways suzanne that we can help candidates who are facing these because we talked earlier before the break about sometimes you just can't get by these if you want to be in the company this is kind of the first step so you talked about networking and networking is a good step if you can find somebody in the company you may be able to bypass this step or it might be reduced so tell us a little bit about how that might work as an hr professional well some people think of networking as going to you know networking meetings and that's not what networking is at all Um, that can be a part of networking 
But networking is basically talking with other humans. And we can all do that. And even if you're an introvert, the talking doesn't have to be face-to-face. I've made so many amazing connections via LinkedIn um, that have been very helpful to my career, and I haven't actually spoken to any one of these people. So it's not limited to going to meetings and putting on a name tag and trying to meet people. And it's also not, you know, when I say meeting people via LinkedIn, I'm not talking about me saying to someone, hey, can you introduce me to this person? I'm talking about building organic relationships because of comments I've made on posts or comments other people have made on my posts and so on and so forth. So that's one thing that you can do. The other thing that you need to do um, with networking is talk to people outside of your field as well as inside of your field about what you're looking for in a job because you never know when somebody's going to have a connection for you that you wouldn't get otherwise. I mean, I had a situation once when I was working for a pharmaceutical company and my real estate agent called me up and said, hey, I have a friend that's looking for a quality assurance job. Um, Can you help him out? And I was like, sure, why not? And he ended up getting hired. If this guy hadn't mentioned to his friend, the real estate agent, he wouldn't have gotten his foot in the door the way that he did. And that seems so silly. Why would a real estate agent be able to connect you to a quality assurance job in a pharma company? No, I'm so right. all about that, Suzanne. Second level contacts. I, I love that strategy. You never know who somebody's cousin, neighbor, spouse, you know, who they know and who they know that might be in a company that's hiring for exactly what you want to do. So I'm I'm all about that. And people like real estate agents or hairstylists or people like your dentist. I mean, think about all the people that come through their their offices or their chairs every day. They're from all backgrounds, all levels, all companies, and they are great second level contacts. So I'm so glad you mentioned that. So talking about networking, if somebody refers you to a job, is there a way to get around then the video interview if that's their first step? Or is there a way to get around the applicant tracking system if that's their first step? Only if you're connected to the hiring manager and the hiring manager wants to do take you around it. And that's just the reality is that the hiring manager may or may not have the power and the hiring manager may or may not love you enough to allow you to go around. But what I will say is that, okay, if they have an applicant tracking system, which tends to weed most people out and, you know, it, it, here's the thing. If you're referred in, you may still have to go through the applicant tracking system because they say, you know, this is how they gather their data or this is their kind of standard process. But if you've already been referred, you're not going to get kicked out. You're going to, your resume is going to be seen. So you may still have to go through that step or you may still have to go through the, you know, do a do a 20 minute video interview. However, you're still going to likely get to the interview phase, which is what you really want is to get in front of that decision maker. Is that true? Yeah, I think that's really true because especially with the with the applicant tracking system, because that's just how the process works. And if their applicant tracking system is any good at all, um, the information you put there when you do get hired goes straight into your employee file. So that has to be done at some point, no matter what. Even if they've like already verbally offered you the job, you're still going to have to fill out the application. Yeah, and I feel like if you're if you have a referral in, and like you said, it doesn't have to be a referral into that department. It could just be anybody in the company. It could be the person who who works in IT, even though you're applying for a job in accounting. It doesn't matter because a lot of companies have these employee referral programs for a reason because they know, and the research backs this, that you're going to likely be a better fit as a candidate if you're referred in you're likely going to stay longer have a longer tenure be a better match so they they create these programs to reward current employees for bringing in talent because this is this is a proven method so i think if you can find somebody in the company doesn't matter if it's it's in that department who can bring your name to to hr or the hiring manager even better then you're probably going to get the courtesy of at least a phone screen, which means that even if you had to do this video interview or some kind of texting 
you know, protocol or something like that, you're likely going to get that that face to face or phone to phone <laughs> contact, which can give you the opportunity to shine. Right. Absolutely. So I think that's one of the best strategies to engage your network to do that. Um, so let's just say you're looking at a small company, Suzanne, and you don't you really you just for life of you cannot find anybody or maybe find somebody and they're they're a jerk and they're like, no, I'm not putting your resume forward. We don't have an employee referral system. I'm not going to get a check. So screw you. Um, <laughs> what, <laughs> hopefully those are not your friends. But then again, there are people <laughs> running around wiping in potato on towels in department stores. So we, we never know. We um, never know. <laughs> so, so what can you do then? Like if you're presented with this option of like, can you please fill out these 10 assessments or can you please do this video bio? Do you, do you, you have the option of calling and, and trying to bypass this? Well, here's the question. It really comes down to how much do you want this job? Um, and, you know, unless I'm desperate, I'm walking away from those 10 hours of assessments. Um, and if the job is the greatest thing since sliced bread and I really, really want it and I can't find a way around it, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end up doing it. But I think recruiters are going to find out the more and more they demand i really think that the worst quality their candidates are going to be yeah and one of the things i i say to candidates is that you know this is a two-way street and you are empowered in this process and again when i say empowered i'm not saying you refuse to do things but i think it's completely reasonable if a company asks you to invest time to say you know what i'm i'm happy to to look at these assessments or you know happy to do this video bio but i'd love to to get you know a 15 minute phone conversation because i have a couple of questions about the job and i want to make sure that you know it's a good win-win before i take this next step and i I would be shocked if if a recruiter or somebody in HR wouldn't be willing to take that 15-minute call if they're interested in you enough as a candidate to put forth the, we want you to take the next step. I would be shocked that they wouldn't say, sure, I'll take 15 minutes and answer your question. Because this way, at least you could say, wow, yeah, this job is, is definitely what I thought it was. It seems interesting, and I want to take the next step. I mean, what are your thoughts on that, Suzanne? Well, I think it's going to depend again, because a lot of, you know, when you talk about you know, with the texting and you could interview a hundred candidates at once. If you're interviewing a hundred candidates, you don't have time to give 15 minutes to all of them. But it also tells me that you're not doing any real screening of resumes before you do that. You're just casting your net as wide as possible. So they may say to you, Hey, we'd like you to do this, but it's not really putting you any further in the in the process because they're saying that to everybody who meets the minimum qualifications. Mm-hmm. And and so depending on again your level of expertise and, and um, your level that you'd be coming into in the company, you may not have a, a recruiter that would be responsive to that because the recruiter doesn't have the time and her job in that situation is not to find the best person. It is to eliminate almost everybody yes. so that she can just present five candidates to the hiring manager. And I think that's a huge problem when, when companies look at it that way and the, they're, they're putting people through this long, arduous process and they don't say to them, okay, we want you to do all these assessments um, and know that there's one position and we're asking 100 people to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's fair information because if they say, we'd like you to do the assessment, we're only interviewing two people, you and somebody else, then yeah, I, if I'm interested in the job, I'm going to be far more willing to spend time. So I think that's it. fair then. If you get text a text that says we'd like you to answer these 10 questions, I think it's fair to text back and say, you know, I'm I'm very excited to be contacted. Can you explain the process a little bit to me or can you tell me how many people I'm competing with because that's good information. I also think it shows a good quality as a candidate. Somebody who's not just going to blindly, <laughs> you know, respond to a text from God knows who and and you know, put out there maybe some personal information and things of that nature. So I mean, I I do think I would respect that person is a candidate for saying, yeah, you know, in a respectful way, hey, I, I'm really interested. Thanks for reaching out. Here's my question. The other thing you said that is so important, Suzanne, that I want to, to backtrack on is 
it is it 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 being the hiring process is so about elimination not selection and i think when you start to think about that differently as a candidate you start to realize like whoa i mean we are we are as recruiters trying to whittle down those 250 resumes or those you know 100 text applications or whatever they are to five people to put in front of the hiring manager because they don't they don't want to see all of the other ones. So we are purposely looking for red flags or purposely looking for ways to eliminate you, gaps in your resume, career switcher, whatever those things are. And when you start to look at that from a candidate standpoint, you start to realize that, yeah, I've got to play this game a little bit differently. i got to stand out a little bit differently, not necessarily blindly follow. And again, that doesn't mean being rude or, or um, you know, not being respectful, but it does mean trying to say, hey, you know, can I have 15 minutes? I'd love to learn more about it. Or, hey, you know, can you tell me a little bit more about this process and I'd love to fill out your application or I'd love to fill out your 20 questions that you sent to me but I you know I just kind of want to make sure we're on the same page first 844-Wharton-844-942-7866 I'm your host Dr. Don Graham we're talking with Suzanne Lucas aka the evil HR lady um, and you know in the same thing with applicant tracking systems I think you know these are designed they're programmed Suzanne by humans and so when you put in a question that says do you have at least five years experience in marketing data analytics? You're right there disqualifying anybody who's a potential career switcher or anybody who has maybe four years and is the most awesome candidate ever because you're putting in like five years and and they're going to get knocked out because they don't have that last year, even though they're better than people with 10 years of experience. I had someone email me once that she was frustrated that she had applied for a job as a um, undergraduate um, counselor, an undergraduate career counselor, actually. And she had been rejected because she didn't have the requisite number of years of experience as an undergraduate career counselor. Well, she had had years and years and years of experience being a graduate career counselor, (laughs) but their, their ATS said, no, you don't have this. And she couldn't ever get to a human, which just kind of cracks me up that it was for a career counselor position. And their own career system was so messed up that they couldn't see that, oh, there might be some, you know, skills that she did as a graduate school career counselor that could apply as an undergraduate school career counselor. Yeah, great story. Great story. And I think that goes to show that that. You know, hiring is inherently biased. And, you know, one of the things you can do as a candidate is not blindly follow these steps, but really pick up the phone, call, ask a question, connect with a human, do a search on LinkedIn. Oftentimes you can find pretty easily the hiring manager or somebody to talk to. I mean, we have the technology. They're using it to hire you. Use it to find the people that you can actually connect with on a human level and ask the questions so that you do stand out and you do get beyond some of the bias that is inherent in the system. But as a candidate, you should feel empowered to move forward and and ask your questions. Hey, Suzanne, uh, loved having you back on the show. We always enjoy the, the evil HR lady. Where can people learn more about you? You can come to my blog, evilhrlady.org, or you can follow me on Twitter at Real Evil HR Lady, or you can just Google Evil HR Lady and I'll pop up. You'll pop right up. Um, you've been listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 11. Thank you to the Dream Team. Always fun to do this show with you. And of course, all of our listeners and our callers. We're here for you each week. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. You can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Don Graham, and we will see you next time. <laughs> 